At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine and More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Honestly, there's something really relaxing about cutting the ends off of peas and de-stringing them. It's kind of very therapeutic. It's kind of like a little spa activity. Maybe I'll open my own spa and the activity will be de-stringing and trimming the ends of peas. Would you come? Hello, this is Play Me Recipe. I'm Tumbernath coming to you from my kitchen in Manhattan, New York City. Today we'll be making my triple pea salad with crunchy farro uh, from my debut cookbook, Aton Eats the World, that comes out May 3rd. And you can find all the info linked to the show notes and on food52.com. Let's start off gathering the ingredients in my kitchen. So first up, farro, uh, which is for me, I think an underutilized ingredient here in America. It is gonna add that nice, really crunchy element because we're gonna fry it in ingredient number two, which is oil. That's gonna give us a really nice crunchy element. Next up we have our snow peas and sugar snap peas. Those are really gonna give us that crispy element. You know, there's a difference between crunchy and crispy. Crunchy farro, crispy snow peas and sugar snap peas. Then we of course have our frozen peas, you know, the classic, what you buy in the frozen aisle. Parmesan cheese, uh, obviously, you know, very important. We're gonna shape that on for garnish. That's gonna give us that nuttiness, that cheesiness that we want. Now, dressing, very important, is olive oil. Some olive oil right here. Sherry vinegar. Now, for sherry vinegar, you can really use any type of wine vinegar for this. Sherry vinegar is great. You can also use, you know, red wine vinegar, white wine vinegar. And with olive oil, I actually recently got into collecting olive oil, so, for this, use any olive oil you have, but if you have a fancy one, use a little fancy olive oil, treat yourself. That's what I think. Next up, parsley, a classic. It'll add a uh, really great flavor. Also, the, as you could tell, the colors here, very green. Lots of beautiful colors for spring. Then oregano leaves. Now, I use oregano, parsley, and basil. Uh, so I have a little, my little oregano right here. I don't think oregano really makes a sound for you to hear. Maybe you can hear it, maybe not. Uh, oregano, very important. That'll give you a nice earthy flavor, super herbaceous. Oh, it smells so good, I love oregano. Fresh oregano, if you only use dried oregano, you must get fresh oregano. And then finally I have, of the herbs, is basil. It's just super, oh, take a sniff. It smells incredible. I'm smelling it, take it from me. It smells delicious. Uh, again, green and full of herbaceous, delicious flavor. And then we of course have garlic, you know, I'm a garlic man, I love garlic. Here, I'll give you a little garlic ASMR. Ooh, that was beautiful. Love that sound. Two cloves of garlic. I'm a garlicky person. I think two cloves is great in this. If you like even more garlic, feel free to add more or add less. You do you. It's your kitchen. And then finally, a little S&P, salt and pepper. So I have my little salt cellar. I have my pepper shaker. And let's get cooking. We're going to do this all alongside together. So get your ingredients. Let's cook together. Have a good time. Feel free to pause. Jump back. 
Use the podcast chapters. If you need a little more time, just come cook with me. Let's have fun. All right, let's get cooking. The best time of all. Starting off grabbing a small pot. Just get like kind of, you know, maybe, maybe small, medium-ish, medium-ish, smallish pot. And just fill that up with water. I'm gonna fill it up about three quarters of the way full. We're just gonna bring this to a boil to add in our farro. Now this sounds ridiculously easy to make. Honestly, all the work is just in the farro, but it is worth it. It is so crunchy that I promise you it is worth the extra effort. So just fill it up with water. Enjoy the soothing sounds of water. Perfect, and just place that onto your stovetop. Put that on a nice high flame cover and bring that to a boil while we measure out the farro. All right, my water has come to a boil. I'm just gonna season with about a teaspoon of salt. You know, just incorporate some flavor in there. And I need half a cup of farro. And we're just gonna cook that to package instructions. So about half a cup and then into the pot and just cook that according to package instructions. And meanwhile, let's start on the dressing. So start off with a third a cup of extra virgin olive oil. As I mentioned earlier, I actually now collect olive oils. I recently just fell in love with like, you know, like just trying different types of olive oil and different like qualities of olive oil. You know, there's just such variety. And I'm right now just measuring out a third a cup of it. I'm using more of a standard one for this because there's so much other flavor. I don't want to use one of my super fancy ones with a lot of flavor because olive oil, I wouldn't say is exactly the star of this show, even though it's amazing. Just pouring that into my bowl, followed by a fourth a cup of sherry vinegar. Now, like I said, Really any type of vinegar will work here. That's a wine vinegar. I do think white wine vinegar would be great. I'd probably choose white wine over red wine if you don't have sherry, but you have red wine and white wine. I would do white wine vinegar if I were you. And just measuring that out. So, I mean, you of course can use red, I don't know. I feel like white wine vinegar would be better. In my opinion, you do you. That's the best part of cooking, to be honest. It's just like, you do you. There, there's obviously some rules in the kitchen, you know. But I mean, like, it's a recipe. You're supposed to cook the recipe, but you know, beyond that, like, do what makes you happy. All right, parsley time. All right, smelling delicious. Love parsley. So just grab about a fourth a cup of that tightly packed leaves. There we go. One thing to note, uh, this was just an artistic choice of mine, uh, but again, it's your kitchen, you do what you want, is the parsley leaves I actually don't chop. I like to leave them kind of whole. Of course, you know, like remove like most of the stems. You can leave some of those tender stems, but then I do chop the oregano and basil. That's just a me decision. You can chop it also. That's really the beauty of something like this. You know, you can do whatever makes you happy. So parsley into the bowl. I removed most of the stems. Then basil. I like how they say basil in the UK. Basil, that's how I usually say it. So grab your basil and you want two tablespoons of basil. Oh, it smells so good. I mean, I used to grow basil and my main problem was is I, my plants I grew were too small. So every time I made pesto, I would basically just use the entire plant and then it would die. It was not exactly the world's best gardener as a child. So that was my problem often because I was like, I loved basil, but then the second I harvested it, I stupidly harvested all of it and then my plant died. So if you yourself are growing basil, maybe don't harvest all of it at the same time. Just a little pro tip from me to you. Oregano, okay. Everyone should be using 
fresh oregano. I feel like way too many people don't use fresh oregano in their cooking. If you love dried oregano, you're gonna love fresh oregano even more. I used to grow fresh oregano in my garden. Oh, it is just jam-packed with flavor. And they're like, oh, if you put this on meat, it's delicious, and then marinade. I'm picking the leaves of the oregano. Just chop that up. Looking nice and beautiful. Oh my God, when you chop these herbs, it's just like smell perfumes into your nose. Sprinkle that in the bowl straight into there. Now, garlic, very important. I'm a garlic man, as I already told you. So I have my two cloves right here. Just smash them to get the skins off. We do not need the skin. And just mince those up. Super fine mince. You don't want like two big chunks of garlic, but we definitely want the flavor. Just mince it up. Very important that you don't chop it, but you mince it. Amazing. I have my minced garlic straight into the dressing bowl. And then finally, now just season with some salt bay action right into the bowl and freshly cracked pepper. I like a hefty amount of pepper as you can hear. Pepper right on there. And I'm just gonna grab my whisk and just whisk this up until it is fully, fully combined. I like to just kind of set this aside for a few minutes while I'm assembling the rest of the salad. Really just let all these flavors marry uh, and just really just combine and just like create a little flavor party in the bowl. Speaking of bowl, let's go grab a microwave safe bowl and defrost our frozen peas. Measure out a cup of frozen peas. I mean, I feel like most people have these on hand. There we go, all right, I had a little left in my bag. That was probably about half a cup. So I'm gonna open up a new bag and just level that off. There we go, a cup of frozen peas into the bowl and just in the microwave. Should take in most microwaves, I feel like like two minutes, maybe three minutes, depending on how powerful your microwave is. And just heat that up to basically just defrost. You want it to be just kind of like just a little warm. We're not really trying to cook them, obviously. Uh, we just don't want to eat frozen peas. I don't know about you, but I don't want to eat frozen peas. That is not my plan. Took it out of the microwave and I now just poured it on a little baking sheet lined with paper towels. And I'm just popping this in the fridge while we prep the rest of the ingredients, just to you know, help it cool down, keep it nice and cold and fresh. Now I'm gonna grab my snow peas and my snap peas from my fridge. Sugar snap peas here and my snow peas right over here. And now I'm gonna talk to you about a very important step in the process. This is something that you might think you can skip, and you know what? If you wanna skip it, you do you, but I highly recommend not skipping it, which is we're just gonna cut off the ends and de-string them. It is very important because, you know, if you just bite into them without de-stringing them, you're gonna have a string in your mouth, no joke. So I'm just cutting off the edges and then using my finger to just pull off the string. It takes a minute to do it, but I promise you it'll be worth it in the long run. 
While I am busy cutting off the little ends and pulling off the strings, let's talk about the dressing. So farro are like little sponges. If you just like put all the dressing on and then serve it an hour later, the farro is really gonna just completely soak up your dressing, which is not ideal. So what I recommend doing is basically using about two thirds of the dressing when you make it initially, and then right before serving, using the final third. I mean, I guess if you're making it and then serving it like within an hour, you're probably cool to just put it all in. But I think any anytime over like half an hour, an hour, it's just best to literally right before serving, just douse it in the rest of your dressing. And then at that point, finally, you can then serve it and put the last little bit. All right, my faro timer has gone off. So transferring the faro into the sink. I have a strainer to strain the faro. It is now fully cooked. Really drain off that water. And now we need to really dry out our faro because it is time to fry it. And if we fry it while it's wet, that is gonna be a bit of a disaster. Also, uh, while this is starting to dry, I am still out here cutting and trimming the peas. So once I do that, I'm not gonna let them cool a little bit, you know, just making sure that it's time to really cool and I'm draining it. And let's just grab a baking sheet. Yeah, right over here, I have a baking sheet. And we just wanna let this cool. It's important that it really dries out and cools. So got my baking sheet. Then I'm gonna grab some nice amount of paper towels, probably about just two layers will do. Pour it out on the paper towels. This will obviously soak up a lot of water and try to make it nice and even. You wanna really just have it spread out as much as possible so that it has an opportunity to dry out. And we're just gonna pop this straight into the fridge and this will just help us cool it out. You know, the peas does take some time, but it's a-okay because the farro has to cool. So just get that going. Honestly, you can start the farro before the peas and the dressing, but I was just in the mood to start those first. So into the fridge, there we go. All right, now while the farro chills in the fridge, I'm just gonna go look through Eight Eats the World. You know, I just got my first copy. I'll be back here in like half an hour. And we're back. This is Play Me Recipe. I'm Eitan Bernath, and today we're making my triple pea salad with crunchy farro. We are back. All right, I'm almost done with chopping these up. And now I just wanted to, you know, talk a little bit about Eitan Eats the World. Um, so Eitan Eats the World is my debut cookbook. I am 19 years old, in case you didn't know. I'm not sure when this uh, comes out, but uh, I'll be 20 April 25th, 2022. And, you know, 18th World's truly like the culmination of my culinary journey thus far. I know that's a lot saying, considering I'm 19, so my culinary journey started when I was around eight or nine. So honestly, it's been almost a decade. Um, you know, with 18th World, really my goal is to be able to get people excited to cook in the kitchen, regardless of their level of experience. You know, is this their first cookbook they're buying, their 20th cookbook? Do they cook all the time? Do they only cook sometimes? Have they never cooked before? Whatever your cooking level is, my goal with Eight World is really to get you excited about cooking in the kitchen. You know, I really try to do that with like a wide variety of recipes. You know, this recipe, I would say is pretty easy. You know, maybe it pushes you out of your comfort zone. Maybe you're not used to like cooking with farro. You don't cook at farro before, but like, come on. You know how to boil water, you've got it. It's making a little dressing and cutting some veggies. You also have super easy things like my PB&J pancakes or soft scrambled eggs 
or my different chutneys in the book that are super easy to make. So, you know, I think for me, you have those recipes for people who are newer in the kitchen, but then you know those recipes in Tastes World really push you out of your culinary comfort zone, even if you do cook a lot. You know, making shepherd's pie from scratch, um, making General Chow's chicken from scratch, tons of great delicious recipes like that, that, you know, are maybe a little more complicated than what you make on a normal day. Maybe, you know, you're gonna make it on a lazy Sunday, you know, when you have some more time or make it at night when you wanna really treat yourself and your family. You know, I really describe the recipes Maintains the world as comfort food. You now these are recipes you're going to enjoy cooking, enjoy eating, recipes that really bring you comfort and make you feel at home. Now speaking of that, everything is kind of ready. You know, I have my peas and what I'm just going to do now is you want to cut the peas on a bias into half inch pieces. So I've removed all of the edges. I'm right now grabbing another bowl. So I've trimmed off the like little two ends. I have de-stringed them and now just cut them into the half inch pieces on a bias. Now, originally when I developed this, I actually like kind of kept them whole basically. But as I was eating it, I was like, you know what? Like it's a little much having them whole. You know, if you are short for time and you don't want to just slice these on the bias into the half inch pieces. You can make it whole. I, I think that it makes it more beautiful to look at. I mean, when you cut those on a beautiful bias and you know you have those little pieces, they really just look beautiful. So it's just easier to eat. So just take these pieces and we're gonna cut them on a beautiful diagonal bias. It'll make it easier to eat. And I think, you know, just being able to see those little peas in there are really just beautiful. So just chop these up. Yeah, I remember the first time I made this, I was like, this tastes great, but like, it's a lot to eat a whole pea per bite. So breaking it up, oh my God, I wish you could see. There's no visual component to this, but you can look on food52.com. Uh, it, just, it just looks even more beautiful, in my opinion. So just slice them on a bias. I'm now heating up a pot on a kind of medium flame, add in our neutral oil. I'm doing about probably like quarter of an inch of oil. Just heat that up. I have my farro has now cooled it's like nice and cold and pretty dry which is what we want and basically just frying this for a few minutes uh you really just want it to be like nice and crunchy maybe like 90 seconds is like really the ideal time you're gonna it'll turn to kind of a deep golden brown color so just use a slotted spoon lower some in fry until the golden brown transfer to another paper towel lined baking sheet so my oil is getting nice and hot my oil has reached 400 degrees fahrenheit just lowering the farro in Ooh, listen to that sizzle and I'm just gonna give that about 90 seconds to get nice and crispy. Really going to add the perfect crunchiness to our salad. Just stir that up. Make sure that you stir it as you're doing this because you don't want it to clump up. It's a very important step. So just stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. That'll just make sure that we don't get clumps because you do not want clumps of farro. You want little individual pieces of farro. Wow. Oh, it smells so good while it cooks. Okay, yeah, it, this really wants to clump, so you definitely really need to stir this and just make sure it doesn't. Once it's crunchy, take your slotted spoon, drain off that excess oil, and then straight onto another paper towel lined baking sheet to drain off the excess oil. And I'll just repeat with the rest of your farro. Just crunch it up, fry it up, and onto the baking sheets. Farro has been fried. Okay, so peas into the large bowl. Those are all nice and cut up. 
Now, Faro straight in there, following the peas. Then dressing over top. Since I'm eating this right now, I'm just adding in all of the dressing. Really scrape all those little bits of garlic and herbs. Now, I need tongs. Toss this all together and it just looks absolutely beautiful. You know, because it is not visual, so I really have to describe it. You have that bright, vibrant green color from the peas. You have those flecks of beautiful, deep green color from the basil or basil, if you will, the oregano and the parsley. The farro are just like these little beautiful brown bursts of crunchiness throughout. And you just have this super, it's a very like an olfactory experience. Um, you know, the vinegar just hits you in the nose and it is just this beautiful salad. All right, you know what? Now, you of course should pour this in another bowl, but I'm just gonna take a fork because, you know, I just made this for myself. Grab a fork and it's time to eat. Mmm. Mmm. Mmm-mm. Oh my God. Wow, that was like a party in your mouth. It's a, it's a party of flavors and textures. And I truly mean that. You know, you have that farro that's super crunchy from frying it, that nice crunch, which contrasts with the crispness of the peas, that you get that nice crisp, fresh pea in there, that marinade or dressing is more the correct term. The dressing is jam-packed with flavor. You have a little zing from the garlic there. You have that sherry vinegar with that really bold flavor. Obviously the salt and pep and all those herbs. This is just the perfect recipe for spring. Hope you enjoyed cooking along with me. My name is Eddie Tumberdath and we have been cooking together. If you want more details about this recipe, be sure to head to food52.com. Thank you so much for letting me play you a recipe today. Be sure to follow me all the socials. You can find me at Aton, that is E-I, T-A-N on Instagram and Snapchat and YouTube. And on Facebook and Twitter, you can find me at Aton Burnett. That is E-I-T-A-N-B-E-R-N-A-T-H. And be sure to pre-order Aton Eats the World, available everywhere books are sold. And you can find all the info on AtonEatsTheWorld.com. Again, Aton, E-I-T-A-N. Thank you so much for cooking with me. If you need me, I'm gonna be enjoying the rest of my triple P salad with crunchy Borrow.